The Creeps Lounge contains adult language and content. Listener discretion is advised. It's Weird Wednesday. Welcome back to the Creeps Lounge, where we talk anything paranormal, unusual, cryptic, or true crime. I'm Rick. And I'm Crystal. Let's get weird. So today we were thinking about what we're going to be, well, for a week now we've been thinking about what we're going to be doing, and we decided we're going to bring you guys some stories, uh, some cult stories. So we're going to talk to you a little bit about some cults. Um... I do have my story, and I'm hoping that if it's not too long, Crystal can go ahead and share her story. Yeah, hopefully. um, It depends whether, you know, his story is an hour or so. If it is, then we will save mine for another rainy day. But we do have some things to discuss before we jump into the story today. We wanted to talk about Freaky Friday, the Creepy Chronicles. You guys already know what they are if you've been listening in. They are when our listeners, you guys, send us stories of your experiences of anything paranormal, unusual, creepy, or true crime, and we will read them and also incorporate them into our episodes. So if we don't have stories, we don't have content to provide for you guys for Freaky Friday. So what we're going to be doing from now on is if we don't receive a story that week, we will be skipping Freaky Friday. We won't be pushing out an episode every week on Freaky Friday. So we are wanting to encourage you all to like our posts, share them on Instagram, encourage people to follow so that we could just provide you guys with more content and you know the more listeners we have the more stories we get the higher we jump up in the charts the more recognized we become we just are able to provide more content we're able to do more for you guys so please like share comment listen to our episodes tell your family yes (laughs) do the whole works just support us in whatever way you can So it looks like Freaky Friday, we will not be having an episode. We haven't gotten anything. Nobody's reached out about it. So my sister did mention she wanted to send one in. I haven't gotten it yet. Um, So if we do get it, hopefully by tomorrow, we'll have time to work on it. Mm -hmm. But if we don't, then we'll just go ahead and wait. And then we'll focus on next week, next Wednesday's episode. We usually tell our listeners to get your stories in by Thursday because we need a day to work your stories into our episode. So it can't we can't get them on Friday because Fridays are when the episode is uploaded so you guys can listen to them. We need it by Thursday morning because that's usually when we're working on our episode. And if we were to get, like if we get two stories in a week, If they're not too long, we can use them both for Freaky Friday. But if uh, they're pretty long, then we can save one for the next. But uh, yeah, like Crystal said, you know, we'll 
we'll do the best we can on bringing some more content to you guys for Fridays as long as we get those stories in and you know we'll we're going to continue working on our own Wednesday episodes for sure. Yeah. So you guys, um, there's that. I don't want to dwell on it too long, but you know, it's going to be hump day by the time you guys listen to this. We're halfway through the week. I really hope you enjoy today's episode. It's going to be a doozy. Other than that, um, today I watched the new John Wayne Gacy three-parter three episode um documentary on netflix and you guys it's 60 hours of unreleased recordings from when he was being interrogated if you guys don't know who john wayne gacy is he is a very infamous serial killer he killed over 30 people i'm guessing even more from people he's probably not talked about but he um, targeted young men and it was just super gruesome. They basically compiled all of this um, 60 hours of recordings and kind of based their documentary on that. They had like all of the police investigators, some of his victims come forward and tell their stories. You guys, it's a good one. I was folding laundry all day. I had like a mountain of laundry to fold. I watched the entire thing. I I think I have only 20 minutes left on the last last episode because my daughter decided she wasn't having it anymore and she wanted to watch her um, baby shows. Max and Ruby. Max and Ruby. (laughs) (laughs) But don't worry, she was not in the living room. None of the kids were while I was watching this. They were actually over at their grandma's house having some time with grandma. Um, but yeah, it was really interesting. If you guys have a chance, you have got to go watch it. It's it's a good one. And if you know who he is, um, this is something you haven't watched. So watch it. It's it, it's more information on it. I got to watch uh, bits and pieces of it, but it's definitely some stuff that I haven't heard. Uh, but it was really interesting, though, for sure. Yeah. You ready to jump into your story? Yeah. So like we said, we have some cult stuff. So if you like cult stories, here's one that I haven't really... I, I don't think I've heard of this one, so um, it really caught my eye. And I hope, you know, uh, I had to jump around from article to article trying to put things together because some of them, like I mentioned in the past, they don't always have all of it in one, so I've had to kind of put it in there myself. Um, but yeah, let's see. So I wanted to share my story with you guys, and it's about a twat named Root. His name is uh, Rosh Terrio, but the way his spelling, the spelling of his name, I kept thinking it was Rock. Theriault, because it's a weird name. Um, but yeah, his, so his name is Rosh Terrio. He was a cult leader in the mid-1970s. And when you think of cults, I'm sure a lot of people uh, just think of the popular ones, kind of, kind of like the Heaven's Gate or Man, the Manson family. Um, Rosh's mission in life was to save as many people as he could from the end of the world, a.k.a. the apocalypse, that was supposed to happen in February 1979. So to start off, let's get to know this guy a little bit. Uh, He was born in 1947, and he had six siblings. Uh, He was born into a Roman Catholic family. Him and his family moved to Thetford Mines in Canada when he was around six. He attended school there until seventh grade because that was the highest grade that they taught there. He was always very interested in learning new things, and so he started teaching himself the Old Testament of the Bible, which is fairly young. Seventh grade and teaching himself the Old Testament. He came from a religious family, so I'm not surprised. 
Well, his dad belonged to a group called the White Berets. And he was one of those people that would sometimes went door to door, try to shove his beliefs down your throat. If you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> that doesn't happen to us every other week here at these apartments that we live at. Well, it doesn't happen here. It does happen. And when it's summer, it happens a lot when you're at work. Oh. Trust me. And the kids try to let them in and it's annoying. <laughs> Rush wasn't a fan of his dad or his dad's group. Like, he didn't really like them. He was forced to go with his dad when they went door to door and to attend all of uh, the white beret literature campaigns. He hated being part of the whole Catholic religion just in general. He had pretty... He had a pretty uneventful childhood and he would complain that his dad was very abusive, but his dad heavily denied it. As he grew older, he noticed that... complaining about his childhood gave him a lot of attention and sympathy so he's he's legit an attention whore basically (laughs) Uh, he loved every bit of it and he also noticed that spirituality was very attractive to people so this young lad eventually met him met and married a woman named francine in 1967 and they moved to montreal where they had two kids while they were doing the family thing he developed a severe case of ulcers and he had to get surgery to get it taken care of he ended up getting complications from the surgery. He had so much discomfort in his digestive system that he became obsessed with teaching himself medicine and learned a lot about anatomy. He thought that doctors were stupid and that he knew better than them. And so he wanted to find himself his own cure. Can you believe that though? Like this guy really like, he was like, I'm going to know more than them. Help myself out. I mean, it's good if you, you know, if you want to learn some stuff and help yourself out, but... He sounds like one of those like self-proclaimed holistic doctors that claims to heal herpes on Instagram. <laughs> have you seen those comments? I have not seen any of that. It was starting to be difficult to comfortably live in Montreal, so they moved back to Thetford, Fi- Thetford Mines, mm-hmm. and he started working on his woodworking skills, hoping to make a living with that. He also joined the French analog to the shrine to the Shriners which is a Masonic society that has that was established sometime in 1870. He got a new interest in sexuality and his wife was like, "Nah, man, I'm not I'm not about I'm not about that kind of shit, you know." She was in, into like what the new stuff he was trying to learn. He's trying to learn like the sex the I don't sex know. God or something. I don't know, but I guess he like got a, got a big interest in that and his wife was just not having that. Since he was doing some some woodwork, he would lie and he would say that he's going to go to the other town to sell some of his uh, wood carvings that he made. Uh, But he was actually meeting up with women and having affairs. And one in particular was, I think her name was Giselle. I don't know if you spelled that right. Giselle. Giselle or Giselle. I'm going to say Giselle. Since he obviously wasn't making any money, he was just out there getting his D wet. He didn't have a way to pay his mortgage, so he got his house repossessed. And his wife was like, nah, I'm out. She packed up her shit and she was gone. Hell yeah. So Roche went and stayed with Giselle. He had, he had a bed set up in the back of his truck and everything where they would make the truck rock, if you know what I mean. <laughs> make the truck rock? <laughs> While he was doing all his unholiness, he discovered the Seventh-day Adventist church, and he was like, you know what, this is my kind of group. I want, I want in oh, that shit. Snap. The Adventist group would meet in a motel every Saturday, and supposedly Ro- Ro- Rosh was a devoted follower. Even though he was very interested in their practices, the other members were not liking the fact that he was fascinated by his love of the Old Testament, like how there were strict codes for masculine authority, you know, like a machista. Yeah. He loved the machista ways. 
So, like, having multiple wives and all that stuff. Having multiple concubines. He loved talking and reading about the apocalypse, and he needed to start making some money, so he started selling Adventist literature. He did he did that by going door-to-door, door, just like he used to, so when he hated it. But he used to, he remember he used to do that with his dad? So he started doing this with the Adventist group. Um, he stopped eating meat and drinking alcohol because of the Adventist strictures, and he also led a, a quit-smoking workshop. He was getting really good at it, and this is where he started to meet a lot of people who looked up to him and believed basically everything that he said. Um, at the start, there were about 12 followers and a six-month-old baby that was dragged into all this shit. It's so weird to me how powerful religion is. Like, you could convince people that you started walking again or that your back was healed because the priests or the whoever it was prayed over your illness or your sick body part and you got healed like i mean i believe in some miracles but some of them are kind of like <clears throat> preposterous i think like some of them are just like no i don't think so i don't believe in people getting healed because the priest or some holy quote unquote you know holy person in their re- religious group healed them by touching their or knee. Or by like throwing a coat over them. <laughs> Have you seen that where they just like throw, just, like they smack them in the face with a fucking coat or something? Just like spitting on their eyeball. So you can walk again and fucking smack them in the fucking <laughs> face with a coat. <laughs> so now having these followers, they all started kicking it at Giselle's apartment. And since the girls, a lot, well, a lot of the girls that, that um, were part of his followers, some of them were young and they were still living at home with their parents sometimes they would spend weekends together at this apart uh giselle's apartment just doing their holy things you know doing their thing but you know some parents weren't okay with it because some of them were young they weren't like too too young they were like maybe like 18 maybe you know early 20s but still living with their parents but the parents were kind of like what the fuck's going on you know you can't just stay over there how old was he um i believe he was i don't have to do the math looking at the years but probably like in his late 20s or so Mm. at this time Okay, so that's not okay. (laughs) So Roche started telling them that the end is near and that Christ will be coming soon. The apocalypse was going to begin and the war between good and evil will be devastating. So he was like already telling them things, you know, because remember, this is like a a quit smoking group and like trying to get people to like live more healthy or whatever. But he was telling them all this shit in between too. Uh, He was telling them to quit their jobs and to drop out of college that there wasn't a point to continue since the world was ending soon. So by this time, Roche had committed a total sobriety, so no more sex for him. Giselle would sometimes get hella jelly at other girls and quickly would tell herself, you know, there's no reason for jealousy since he he wants to be a priest and he's not interested in sex. The Adventist ministers noticed that this group they had created were more interested in Roche himself than the actual church. So they were kind of like, you know, some shit's going on there. Uh, the Adventist Church had a big retreat on Lake Roselle in Ontario, Canada. He went on a hike by himself when they were there. And he got when he got back, he told them that God himself came to him and told them that this was a holy place. So some of his followers were like, holy shit, you know, God talked to him. Wow. I've noticed that a lot of these cults, a lot of them god told them so like god came to them and spoke to them and that's what they claim most of the time to get people to like start following them or like not to like 
go away from their word. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, he told them about what's going on and he eventually, you know, with, within a few days, he started telling them that, you know, he wants to start a commune where everybody's treated equally and they don't have to worry about money. They don't have to worry about anything. They can all just live together peacefully. Um, and so people were like, look at them uh, at that group because it was still a group and he was still part of the church. And they were kind of, they would think that he was like a hippie and there was like a hippie group because he, um, he wanted to teach people like more herbal medicine and things like that. And so they eventually opened up some kind of healthy living clinic where they sold organic foods and holistic literature to help you cure yourself uh, basically anything naturally. So when they started a commune and they had a little clinic going on, he had uh, his followers wear ankle ankle length tunics. Uh, the men would wear beige and the women would wear green. He wore a brown one, you know, because he was the main boss dude. They thought that living like this and wearing their tunics would shelter them from temptation and sin. They gained more followers, some sold all their possessions to be there, and one lady was there because her husband insisted that they do it. So she was like, I don't want to be a part of it, and he was like, come on, be out of, you know, let's just go. He just, like, forced her <laughs> be like, and I, no. And I guess she was like, okay, fine, you know, but she didn't want to be there. I'm too tired for that shit. I'm not all about congregating with people. <laughs> so I'd be like, you, you go on without me. <laughs> I'll see you when you get home. <laughs> see you when I see ya. Uh, Giselle noticed that a lot of the women were trying to get his uh, Roche's attention all the time. And he was, you know, he was always nice to them and everything. And so she got jealous again. Over time, she started getting jealous. Um, and so she was like, you know what? You got to put a fucking finger on it, my guy. And he was like, all right. So they got married in 1978. Oh, a ring on that finger. Yeah, they ended up getting married. So since they were already part of the commune, you know, and they were uh, living there together, they weren't leaving. The, the younger girls, you know, they were still there. Some of those family members, they were trying to get their loved ones back because they would refuse to leave. And so they had the cops go by, you know, they would show up and try to tell them, hey, come home, you know, your family's worried about, about you. And there was no success on that. They couldn't really force them. Hosting runaways. Just <laughs> basically gathering people at his place so uh rosh met a man that he had i'm, I'm gonna say rosh i feel like rosh is wrong rosh met a man who had a, a sick wife with leukemia he somehow convinced him to check his wife out of the hospital and bring her to his wow. clinic where he put her on a grape juice and organic foods regimen oh my god <laughs> They would even they wouldn't even allow that uh, that woman's dad to come visit or anything. She died, huh? The only person that was allowed to have any communication with the outside world was Rosh himself. Rosh himself. The woman later died. Oh my! Because surprisingly, his medical help did not work. Wow! If you think he was probably like, hey, although I'm a although I'm a doctor, I'm not a licensed physician. <laughs> you remember on Lost Land of the Lost? Suit. Um. Wow. So you know they did they did look into it and everything and there wasn't no charges no charges were put were put to him because the husband agreed on it the husband's the ones like yeah come on because he's not a licensed doctor you know a lot of these people a lot of these holistic people will be like um, chemotherapy kills you just go on a holistic diet eat and uh, drink raw fucking juice that you fucking pureed and blah 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 and go vegan and don't eat oil don't eat salt all of these crazy ass fucking 
antics. It's like she died of cancer, like because she went on a whole foods. Like I think all diet. that can help, like, but not necessarily cure. You know what I mean? It helps you, but when you have leukemia and you're you're going through like terminal shit like that, or you have like aggressive cancer. You need medical treatment from yeah. a real doctor and real medical Plus staff. Plus holistic things to help you. Like, you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Like, but just don't quit medical help. Yeah, that's a huge deal. Like if she would have stayed doing that, but also getting the medical help that she needed, there's a very big chance that she could have, you know, made it longer or have survived, you know? Possible. It's very possible, but with not getting the medical attention that she needed and just trying to eat fruits and shit and say i'm great juice from this <laughs> great fucking juice no that's not that's not the way to do it so since you know how she, since she died um obviously his followers are probably like wait what the fuck you know because they, they would think that he had some kind of like powers or whatever he told his followers that when she died he kissed her and she came back to life but that when God wants someone, he takes them. And unfortunately, it was her time to go and he could not force her to stay. Wow, so convenient. Yeah, uh, yeah. So during this, he was still part of the Adventist church and he was voted out. So the like the head, the head people, the main guys from the, from the church were like, no, nah, you know, we don't like what's going on. This guy, like, he's, he's out. And so, I mean, he was basically had no authority and could not, you know, he couldn't lead any groups anymore or anything like that. But he already had his following, so he didn't really care. Um, he... He even like when I, when I read it said that he flexed his muscles by basically um, he went up to two people they didn't even know each other they were they were his followers but they didn't know each other prior to that and he ordered them to marry each other and they're like all right and they got married what the hell he's like they look like they'd be nice together let's just let me go and hook them up and then he did it again to another couple they're like hey you two you're gonna get married I'm like all right so they got married. Wow. Um, they weren't legally married, you know, but they they did his whole bogus ass ceremony, whatever it was that they did, and they were to them they were married and they were unified. Wow. Yeah. So his now wife Giselle, remember, because she was she got married, she was like, "You need to marry me." Mm -hmm. uh, she was pregnant at this time with his baby, which you know I thought I thought he was no longer having sex. I don't know what the fuck happened there. Yeah, yeah, that's because like I'm supposedly wondering. he was no longer dicking down, but he's like still doing that. <laughs> She wasn't getting dicked down. Where Where's all this baby coming from? <laughs> and so, you know, she was hella jelly again. And she was like, you know what? That's enough of this fucking commune shit. Like, if you don't break this shit up, I'm leaving. He's like, girl, calm down. I just gave you dick nine months ago. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he responded to her by punching her in the mouth and oh. forcing her to stay in the room for two days. <laughs> okay, this is where it's taking a turn, I feel like. This is like, th there's physical things going on like he's punching women now <laughs> so time passed by and they were starting to have financial issues with their little clinic they had because they were actually making money so basically he was like teaching people people that would come by he wouldn't charge people um to teach them their ways but he would ask for donations so people would give mm -hmm. give money to them but the stuff they sold at the actual clinic you know he would ask for it but they started getting some um some financial issues mm -hmm. sounds familiar from his last marriage <laughs> when he was fucking lying saying that yeah. he was selling shit but he was out looking for women's uh he had hella debts because of this and he had, he was being watched by a cop 
by the cops ever since that lady with leukemia died. So they were kind of keeping a close eye on him. You know, they were like, some shit's going on here. Because remember, this isn't like that old. This is in the 70s. So they were already kind of like, what the fuck's happening? You know? Yeah. And then the cops back then, like, I'm not trying to bring John Wayne Gacy's thing. They were (laughs) relentless. Like, when they had the cops watching this guy, it was in the 70s. And legit, they were staking him out 24 hours a day. I mean, it's not on the same level, but, like, these guys, they were on the case. <laughs> so, um, you know, since they were being watched and everything, he told the group, he's like, you know what, we're being fucking watched. Like, this isn't good anymore. So they loaded their shit up, got their little vans, and they went from town to town until they ended up in the wilderness. Where he told all his followers that on... On February 17th, 1979, was the day that the world was going to be over. So they were hiking around for two days, and they stopped by a small lake up in the mountains. And made that they made that their new home. They called it Eternal Mountain. So they started working on building a cabin, and they would work about 17 hours a day. So they went down to, the get, to their cars, and they got all the tools they're going to need. You know, they, they kept building. They started working on that cabin. Uh, they even dug up a well over a whole ass summer and they actually reached the water and he was like oh see a fucking miracle he's like i fucking told you guys well yeah if you're if you're working <laughs> 17 hours a day yeah he was like making them work a lot and while they were doing all this work they were wearing those long or long ass tunics that they you know he had them wear and so they kept tripping on them and shit so he made them new uniforms they were wrapped around short shrifts with i honestly i was supposed to look and see what shrifts were <laughs> i didn't find out what shrifts were but you they basically got, they, they looked some new shit. They, they wore some new shit because they were tripping over. Can you imagine just working the huge-ass robe 17 hours a day in the fucking mountains? Yeah, I, that's Digging in a wells. tunic. <laughs> in a fucking tunic. <laughs> they were tripping, so they're like, ah. Uh. Um, food was harder and harder to find, so he had rationed food. And if anyone complained about being hungry, he would give them less. He didn't do any of the labor, only his followers did, because, you know, he had stomach issues and shit, and he had to focus on the spiritual healing. So he was like, you guys got this, like, I don't have to do any of this. You know, I would, but my ulcers... But the way my ulcers are set up? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, because he had stomach issues, like I said, he wanted to focus more on the whole um, spiritual healing, and some people ended up leaving, they were fed up with it, they were like, what the fuck? They're like, fuck this, I'm leaving. And one of them... (laughs) One of them, she was like, you know what, my passport, she's from France, and she was like, you know, my passport's fucking expired, I gotta go, I gotta take care of this. And he didn't do anything to stop them. Whenever they would leave, like, he, he wouldn't do nothing to stop them. But he would tell his followers that they were now, in the eyes of God, they were evil. And so wow. after finishing up their cabin and getting established, which was around September, because remember all this shit happened over a summer, uh, Rosh, Rosh gave everyone new names from the Old Testament, and he named himself Moses. Wow. So he's like, I'm fucking Moses now. <laughs> Some or all were apparently getting welfare checks during all this, and they were getting a total of about $1,400 a month in Canadian money, which back then I don't know how much money it would be now. Uh-huh. Yeah, but they were getting welfare checks because they were like, you know, they, they left their normal home just to go do that. They're just like living like all comfy. He's like, hey, you know. Need you to go to the store and use some of them food stamps because we're no. He hungry. he was the only one that can have any kind of contact with the outside world. So he's like, like he, give me your card. He didn't allow anybody to come visit. <laughs> he didn't allow anybody to go. Like he was brainwashing them like good and hard. Back then, I there wasn't cards. So he's like, give me your food stamps. Back then, it was like money. It looked like, it was like, like yeah, paper. colorful paper money. 
Uh, so he told everybody that he had to marry all the women that they had there. And the ones that he forced to marry before, remember how he had them, he said, you guys need to marry. They're no longer married, apparently. And so, so he had to marry them all? He had to marry them all. Oh. And so the only one that he didn't marry was the one that, that the husband dragged over. And, you know, she was still there and the husband made her go. She, <laughs> that's <laughs> the only one because he was like, you know what, your, hubby, your hubby's here, so you know, he's got you. But, but everybody else... Everybody else had husbands. Like, yeah. And then, so not only did he marry all of them, he impregnated all of them. <gasps> yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. So How there many was, women? Um, I think there was, I don't know. I think there was 12. Okay. If Giselle didn't have a reason to be mad before... She better be well, fucking pissed Well, he supposedly told them now. that Giselle said. Giselle said that you guys are all fucking sad and that you guys need to be happier. So we're getting married, all of us. So he married all of them. Wait, how all of a sudden did she have such a change of heart? I don't she didn't. He lied to them. But what about Giselle? <laughs> he doesn't give a shit about Giselle. He doesn't care what she says. I wonder what she's like. Okay. He's living in the Old Testament. She's like, he doesn't she's, care. <laughs> he's a fucking cunt. He's like, I'm over here in the Old Testament. Where the fuck are you? <laughs> she's like... Um, I uh, guess I'm following you back to the Old Testament like the uh, wife should do. So I guess there was a, this big massacre in um, Jonestown. There was, it's, a, it's a big deal. Um, and it was around this time. And so a lot of commune members, a lot of commune members' families were you know, worried about it. They were like, you know, I don't want some shit to happen in this commune. Can you guys please, they asked the cops again, can you guys please go check on them? Like a welfare check. So the cops came again to help and check on the commune. And Rosh willingly went, you know, he went with the cops too because they asked him, they were like, you know, they wanted to um, question him and shit. So he even, he had a psychological evalu evaluation on him and he was very calm and friendly and everything. And so Rosh told the police that people didn't like that, that they were having a better, a better and happier life in the commune. So they were like always saying shit about them, saying that they're, you know, they're not right. They need to check on them. He's like, well, we're happy. He's like, everybody that's happy, everybody that's calm, everybody's chilling. He's like, people are just mad about it. <laughs> and then he even denied, he did, like, are you the fucking ringleader? He's like, no, he's, I'm not a leader. He's like, I'm just fucking chilling with them. And since there was no actual proof of abuse or anything, they released him. And he went his fucking merry way. He was like, I'm going back to my fucking commune. Okay, so now you're not Moses. Now you're just part of them He's chilling. just Roush or Rosh. <laughs> Fucking he made many changes when he went back too. When he went back to the commune, like he started eating meat again, like he started drinking. Um, and since money was low, he started to prostitute. The there was a couple women who had um, multiple cirrhosis, and he started prostituting them to the milkman in exchange oh for milk, meat, and cheese. Oh my yeah. God! So this guy went from being all He's holier like, than thou back yeah. to. He's prostituting women, getting his dick wet with all the fucking women and saying they all belong to him now. And he started to be more demanding. So while he was, you know, while he was telling everybody what to do and everything, he started to hit people. He started to whip them. What the fuck? Yeah, and then he would hit them with a club. If they, like if they, he was doing his sermons, you know, like talking his bullshit and people would fall asleep because it was some boring shit. He'd hit them with a fucking club. Because <laughs> it was some boring shit. <laughs> he would hit them with a club and like beat the fuck out of them. <laughs> Oh and my this, god, okay, you know what? I'm not laughing because I'm <laughs> fucked up. It's just the way you're saying it. And this one time some fucking lady, like, she ate more pancakes than him, and he got oh, pissed. Fuck. 
I got her having pancakes. Can you imagine? Like, he's like, oh, I'm fucking full. I had like nine pancakes. She's like, I had 12. He's like, what, bitch? <laughs> he's like, you had oh, 12 pancakes? Oh, no. So he got up with his fucking club and he broke two of her fucking ribs. Like, he hit her so with hard. His club. He what had a club. Fuck? The one that he beat people with. And he fucking hit her so hard, he broke two of her ribs. <gasps> the um, a lot of people who would do anything wrong would also have to stand outside naked in the storm or in the snow for hours as okay. punishment why the fuck are they staying with this guy like it, at this that's, point that's, that's what i was thinking <laughs> when i was reading for this the worst. i was reading this and it was i was like why like, like you know you can't get away from this shit like what the that's fuck's going stockholm on stockholm syndrome right there but it's like if you think about it like in the 70s it was it was still like like this guy was like he was just very he was cunning he was very fucking i don't know he was just a big ass liar, manipulator, master manipulator. Like people believed that everything he was saying. I mean, ha- all the women were pregnant with his child, so they're like, "I can't leave my baby daddy." <laughs> Probably, but yeah, he like he had them all like super fucking brainwashed. Um, I mean, think about it. Like he beat the fuck out of the lady that ate more pancakes to him, and everybody was still like, "Oh fuck, you know, you should have eaten that money. You should have fucking chilled. You ate too <laughs> you many." Should have gave him the rest of your pancakes. <laughs> So, yeah, so, you know, after putting the, you know, he would fucking punish everybody and be like, well, stand in the fucking blizzard. Like, you fucked up. You're going to be out there for a few hours. And they had to stand out there fucking buck-ass naked. Someone else um, was like, fuck this. And, you know, he took off on that. When, one, of the, one of the times that he put someone in the storm, he was like, fuck this. You know, I'm leaving. So he left. Some people were coming to their senses and were like, this isn't right. And they fucking left. And, you know, that lady that was there because of her husband was forced. She was begging the husband. She was like, "We should. We need to fucking leave. Like, we should fucking leave." What, I would have left the husband. And he's like, "No, you know, we fucking we, we shouldn't." And then Rosh was like, "Hey, cut her fucking toes off." Oh my god! Because <laughs> he should no, cut he her didn't. toe off. He did not. And then he's like, "Pick up that fucking axe and cut her toe off." He's like, "You're a fucking man." He's like, you oh know, he's like, because because like, I was like, no, I don't want to fucking, I don't want to cut her fucking toes off. You know, like I mean, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't cut your toes off. I'd be like, no, we're leaving. Um, but he was like, you need to be a man. You know, he's like, you need to take care of your woman and her wrongdoings. And take when she's, care of her by cutting He's like, toes when she's off. fucking up, you need to fucking cut some toes off. So the man with fucking tears in his eyes picked up the axe oh and cut God. one of her toes off. This is so fucked up. Like, okay, first of all, it's hard to feel bad for the lady at this point. It's like, why didn't you leave? Like, you've been begging your husband that you, you didn't want to be there in the first place. Now you're getting your toes cut so now off. Now you ain't got toes. <laughs> like on, me... you had toes to walk away before this. <laughs> you didn't use them properly. I'm not saying it's her fault for going through the abuse and all of the trauma that she went through, but I'm just saying, you know, if that were me, I would have been gone. I wouldn't have even stepped foot. I would just been like, you know what? Go right ahead. We'll see each other when we see each it's other. Like, I'm gonna keep my fucking toes and I'm gonna leave. I'll yeah, see you. Later. I'm just gonna chill right here. So the day of the fucking apocalypse came and the world didn't fucking end. Oh so shit. So everyone was like, What the fuck, dude? Like you said it was gonna end. We're over here cutting toes off. Like what <laughs> the fuck, man? We're fucking standing butt ass naked. We're here in the storm. This bitch got her ribs broken because she and fucking ate more pancakes, pancakes than you. <laughs> And he was like, you know what? He's like, my time and God's time. It's hard to understand, you know, God's exact dates. Like, you guys need to chill out. Like, God lives on different dates. I live on different dates. I'm just out here doing my best. And so they're like, oh, all right, all right. And they believe them. He's dumb. 
ass. And um, so that one member that had one of the members that had cirrhosis, she went into a coma and suddenly died. And they were they he wanted to bury her there at the mountain that they were at. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I don't know how exactly how the police found out, but um, I think it was because they were keeping a close eye on them. They found out that you know that she died, and so they took her body. And they did an autopsy under her, and they found out that there was no there was no suspicion of foul play, mm-hmm. and so they couldn't really charge him with anything at the time. There was still kind of like you know obviously some fucked up shits happening there. Um, and like you would think that they would charge him with neglect or something because she couldn't get the medical attention that she needed for her her illness. But I think it's because they were adults; they were kind of like you know everybody's choosing to fucking be there. I don't know how it worked oh, that's out. That's true. But um, but he did tell them. Uh, Rosh told the rest of the groups they're like you know if any if anybody else dies don't worry they're gonna be buried here like you made me feel better by saying if anybody else dies I'm gonna be buried here don't worry you guys will be buried next to this lady or she didn't even get buried no there. she she got she, taken she got taken away uh, and then another dude named Veer heard about this whole commune because you know they were talking about it on the news about the woman dying that they found her in the commune and this fool named Veer he apparently he knew rush from um he was the same place that rush got the a psychological evalu- evaluation mm-hmm. i guess severe had either seen him there or heard about him coming out of the hospital and we heard about this comment he's like i want to fucking join them he's like, i'm gonna go with wait, them wait so this fool knows that this guy's getting psychological evaluations <laughs> wherever the fuck he's at i don't know and but he, he was think, like okay I'm so gonna this sell my guy shit. is literally a psychopath leading a cult and now I'm going to go join them. Like, this guy... <laughs> the stupidity. Was he in there also for a psychological evaluation yeah. is what I'm wondering. Yes. So he was like, I'm going to go with this fool. And so he went over there and they gave him his own living space and everything. But he couldn't attend the regular activities because he was new. So he's like, you can't hang out with us. Like, you're shunned for now. Like, <laughs> you can't sit with us. <laughs> yeah, they, they gave him his own little hut or whatever. They gave him his own stove, his own shit. Um, and so he had he had several kids. Like he had some kids that I guess like before he married all of them. Like they had some of some of the members they came with the kids, you know. Mm-hmm. So they brought, it's like us showing up with our babies. Mm-hmm. And he had kids with his concubines or his wives. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he made Veer take care of those other people's kids. <laughs> he was like he was like you take care of the, the and he would treat those mine. other kids that aren't his. He would treat them like shit. Like he treated them like slaves and everything. Like he didn't give a fuck about them. Wow. And so he was like, you know, you take care of these kids. And he, and he gave him his own little jobs to do, but he just couldn't hang out with them. He couldn't sit with them. You have these kids to hang out with. And so um, th- there was an instance where a baby named Samuel died, which this baby was that lady that got her toes cut off. It was her and her husband's baby. What? I think they had, they had some baby, they had more kids. Oh, and that was no. that was a younger one. He died. And I guess they said they died, that he died under Veer's care, that guy's care. Under the the guy that came from the mental hospital as well. And so they took a vote within the followers. And they were like, you know what? Because he died under his care, as punishment, he has to get castrated. Oh, my. (laughs) And Rosh was like, yeah, bro. Like, we got to take your balls off because you fucked up. Like, the baby died (laughs) under your care. Now we're going to get investigated. And he told him, he was like, you know what? He's like, on top of that, he's like, you're gonna get rid of your fucking headaches like your headaches are gonna go your excessive masturbation is gonna go away like you know because supposedly supposedly he told him that his excessive masturbation caused him to have respiratory issues so he's like all that shit's gonna be gone after we cut the balls off where is he getting all this like 
that you get respiratory your balls are nowhere near he your loved lungs. anatomy he loved reading he loved self-educating uh, himself he obviously didn't read enough like i mean i'm all for he the did. self-education it sounds like he didn't even know how to read <laughs> yeah, i'm all i'm on 100 for self-educating doing your own research everything but sometimes you just have to like be logical and you have to really listen to experts Honey, this guy was not self-educated so we can't even <laughs> put him on that level okay he claimed okay there was a lot of claims. he claimed a lot of stuff he claimed <laughs> that god talked to him yeah that's true and uh so he said you know veer right now you're a fucking slave and until you're castrated you're gonna be treated as such and he somehow convinced him he convinced him that he had to get his wow. balls off and oh. he even told him he's like dude i need you to write a letter of consent and i need you to sign it i swear to god people that end up in cults are some of the dumbest motherfuckers on the face of this earth they have got to be i i just can't even and so you know he, he told him his the followers too everybody said that you know he did not force veer to sign it or anything and after a while he decided to write his fucking little letter of consent and he signed it so he when he you know when the procedure came he laid him on the kitchen table and he had everybody hold him down he got an elastic band a razor blade a magnifying glass and a magnifying some glass. tweezers and some ethanol oh, and they were like let's fucking do this i don't know the exact procedure so i'm guessing that they put the elastic band around his balls and they just started cutting away and started peeling the balls Jimmy out with lips. tweezers and looking at it with magnifying glasses. <laughs> I don't know how exactly they did that. Just, just fucking. And then the oper- the operation, supposedly they said it was painless. His okay. jewels were put into a Kleenex what? and they naturally just fucking threw them out. Okay, I can assure you, first of all, that that was not painless. They unless said, this guy was like they somehow. Said, they said it was it was painless, but that he did bleed from his scrotum for about a week. What? Just constant the? fucking bleeding. Fuck, bro. I'm I'm disgusted. This guy got fucking mutilated. So Rosh started to think like, you know what? Veer's kind of a risk. He's like, this fucker's like he. I feel like he's gonna tell on us. I feel like he's gonna fucking go out and say something. And so he, like when like I said, you know, he started drinking again and say so he would get bored and just start doing random shit. And so he started tormenting him, he started beating him, and he played games with his followers where he would instruct his followers, that they'd grab him and they'd be like, stab him, and fucking bleed him to death. Like, everybody everybody stab him in the oh chest and bleed him God. to death. And right before they did that, oh he would tell him, hey, goodness. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. They're like, I'm just kidding, stop. What the fuck? This guy is like Delulu or something. He, he, he kind of like thought that he had the power of God because he was like, I can take your life or let you keep it. You know, that's the way he... That's the way that I guess he thought about it. Uh, he really enjoyed doing this shit. Like he did it. He did it a lot to him. And Veer ended up leaving. He was like, "What the fuck?" He's like, "Fuck this, man." He's, he fucking left. He's like, "I'm leaving." And he went to a near village that was there. There was, there was a village close by. And he told him what's going on. He's like, "You know, a baby died." And I don't think he knew exactly what happened because he was like, "A baby died." You know, he was kicked by a horse and a baby died. And the cops showed up again and they arrested Rush and they questioned him about it. They ended up taking seven kids to foster homes from that place. Oh my God, thank God. Because over this time, you know, he had married all the women that were there. You know, they had they had some babies. Other people had other babies. And the cops found the that one baby that died. They found his remains. Oh my God. And, but everybody was like, you know, Veer beat the child and he killed him out of anger. Like he was watching him and he got pissed and he fucking started beating him and he so killed him. So they turned on him. 
Yeah, and then so they, they and then they also found the letter of consent that he had signed about the castration. Oh my god, so he legit beat the child and he gave him Devere to take care of. Yeah, because this guy and he ended up dying. They, they with said Veer. that yeah, they said that he um And then he blamed Veer and made him get castrated. <laughs> what the fuck? They're, and they're like, We gotta cure you <laughs> of all this so shit that's up. wrong with you. This fool Um So a lot of them actually they ended up getting charged uh, mm-hmm. with the death of the baby and some of them just had light sentences, like, you know, they 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 know for neglect and shit like that. Uh, Rush, he, he ended up doing two years in, in prison and some probation two after that. years? Yeah. And, you know, so the commune, obviously, you know... Um, oh, and then Veer, I'm sorry. Veer was also charged, but they said that he was mentally incompetent. Yeah, he... Because they were like, this motherfucker told them, it's okay to cut let, my balls off, yeah. like, and I signed it. So they're like, dude, this guy is not this right. This guy's mentally not right. He's gonna There's be something going home. on with him. So the commune, you know, they basically separated. You know, some of them left, and they were all, you know, whatever. Like they kind of did their own thing. And when Rosh got out, the, some of them came back together again, and they built another cabin in a different oh place. Like they got together, and they're like, "We're gonna go somewhere else." And so he nicknamed that that new, that new group that he went together. He nicknamed the Ant Hill Kids, which is like how this how this is um, how they're known. They're known as the Ant Hill Kids. And so they, he named them that because of their their voted hard work. You know how they were always like fucking working hella working hours, seventeen hours a day, getting six hours of sleep. And so he was still an asshole. He came back and he's still Seven. an asshole. Like he didn't give a shit anymore. Like he didn't care about anybody. He just cared about himself. He would constantly continue to whip or beat his followers. Uh, they would sometimes, you know, he would sometimes hit them with an axe, like the side of an axe or a hammer. And no one was allowed to go to the hospital. Like if you started bleeding and fucking yourself up, like no, you can't go Why to the hospital. Why didn't they have? Like watch this guy fucking. They were supposedly supposedly keeping a close eye on him, but when he moved after he got out, he's assaulting people. After he got out, people didn't like really like the new place that he went. People didn't really know. He didn't get charged for the death of the children, assaulting people, fucking cutting someone's balls off. No, that was consent. Just straight up, all sorts of uh, malpractice or like uh, impersonating a doctor. I don't know. He he could have been charged with so many things. So he would sometimes pull an R. Kelly on them, and he would pee on them. <laughs> no mames. Yeah, he'd pee all over them. Um, sometimes he would make them perform analingus, which I later <laughs> found out that it's rimming. Okay, so Toss I saw... salads. I saw Ricky having to Google this, and he was cracking up. <laughs> <It was laughs> the hilarious. Googles helped. But yeah, he had them do that. Eat each other's ass, basically, just for his own amusement. So while pissing on them... Yeah, this guy's perform um, analingus. (laughs) (laughs) This guy's just fucking twisted, honestly. Like a full ass three sixty from how supposedly how he was, you know, holy this and that, and now he's like doing all this shit. Um, He would also make make themselves like smear shit on each other, like the shit and then smear it all over each other. Descending into madness. And like I said earlier, like I said earlier, that neighboring village that where they are now, they didn't know about their past. They didn't know who really they were they were just like oh some fucking you know they're just hippies they're hardworking hippies and they're just kicking it like they're just uh, you know they, they they live holistically that's, that's what they thought about them the second time too that okay they so they didn't know about no veer getting his balls mm-hmm. chopped off they didn't know about that shit they were oblivious to his previous and so fucking <laughs> <laughs> abuse they didn't know about the pancake lady nope. they didn't know about the baby none, none of that shit and so you know how i told you that some of his kiddos um, he was he only had several kids or whatever. He really disliked one of the babies. Like he didn't like him because he Again? said that he was, he said that that baby had the mark of the beast. 
He said, that baby has a mark on the baby. So he, he ordered that. He, he ordered his uh, concubine to leave the baby outside in a wheelbarrow <gasps> in the blizzard. And the oh baby died. Oh my God. The baby died, and the oh, county coroner uh, declared that the baby died of SIDS. Wow. Even though he died of the elements. What a piece of shit. Like, yeah, he honestly, just left him outside overnight because he didn't like the baby. And I'm he, sick. Like, I'm sick to my stomach right now. Um, and then that woman that had her toe cut off, she mm-hmm. ended up leaving with two of her kids. She's like, I'm fucking out. She's like, I'm done. And she left, right? And then one of her older kids, uh, she was reaching um, puberty. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to keep her. Rush was like, no, she's staying. She's one of my wives. And since the dad was there, they fucking they kept the, the older daughter. She was almost in oh puberty. Oh, my God. That's like kidnapping. And so the, the mom left, you know. She's like, I'm out. Fuck this. And then so, so she, she, she ended up getting herself you know established and everything and she ended up getting help from canada's children aid society which is you know a group Mm -hmm. that helps out kiddos and that way she can gain custody of her daughter and she left that she left behind and she told them about you know the commune and what they're about what they're doing and so the um they kept a close eye on him for a while and they went in they took the kids they took the kids in and the kiddos told them about all sorts of abuse you know that they encountered while they were there because they weren't all just little kids some of them were like teenagers you know Mm -hmm. and so they told them about all the abuse that was going on there um the the kids said that sometimes that uh rosh would hold kids over fires and just like laugh and and threaten their moms that he's gonna kill them just for fun just because he got bored this Uh, man's a devil yeah he was an asshole he would, um, you know, he he would always do this when he got drunk, especially. And then the next day, after you know, like Kuruda, like he was like sane, he wasn't drunk anymore. He would sit there and sob and cry and say that God, he, that he doesn't, he doesn't like that God is using him for his cruel justice. Oh, he's like God's making me do this. Like I'm sorry, you guys. Okay. Like he, you know, some people were like, oh my God, pobrecito. I would fucking rip his hair he out. would sometimes he, he likes fucking with people so much that he would sometimes nail children to trees by their clothes oh. and he would have other children other children like he would or, order other children to stone them or knife them and then he would make them stop right before so that they can see you know he had the upper hand and he was in charge just to fuck with people um he didn't give them proper education he only had them read religious literature and sex education shit so he would have some children wash the woman's sanitary rags and sleep deprive them or starve them all because he would get bored like literally he's just like that that was just the way he I'm would bored, do i'm gonna make someone suffer today yeah and wow. so um you know the kids were the ones telling him all that you know and he would tell them that god wanted sacrifices sometimes and so that one time he had a, a ritual with only kids and he took a goat that his daughter was hand raising the goat he took the goat fucking got hella naked sacrificed the goat killed it and then he bathed himself in the blood in front of all these kids that's so and then when they were talking to the kids you know the that group that helped the kiddos out they were talking to the kids um you know it's very sad you know the kids they were able to go into great detail about sex rights and activities and stuff like oh my great detail i bet they were like raped and molested and they were they were um they, they the kids would say that the whole family would be in on the whole sex thing like basically a whole ass orgy with the fan oh band. my god his uh his other two kids ended up i don't know what happened to the mom that he originally married the the his first wife who he had two kids with they ended up finding him and they, they joined his fucking his commune too i don't know exactly what happened to the wife or why they joined but they ended up joining him and one of his one of his kids um 
the one that was his first one of his first sons was always uh, molesting and raping the kids in the commune and he, according to the kids, um, Rosh would sometimes have the kids masturbate him or watch members masturbate each other, claiming that this was the best way for sexual instruction. Wow. Isn't that fucking insane? It's like, he could be teaching them something else, more productive. And like there's another case where a woman got her... <laughs> she got her eight teeth... She got eight teeth pulled by Rosh because... She was, to, she was supposed to sell pastries to help them bring some money in because they were always low on cash. And she didn't meet her quota, so he was like, you know what? Give me your fucking teeth. So he just fucking pulled her teeth out. Wow. And she left. She was like, I'm fucking gone. She left a few days later. Why couldn't she fucking leave before her teeth got pulled? Like, these people all have issues. All of them. <laughs> and then in 1988, a member had some bad stomach pains. And Rosh was like, I got you, bro. Like, I, you know, I know a lot about anatomy. Trust me. <laughs> So he had some members hold that foot down on the table. It was a lady, actually. He had them hold her down on the table. He cut, <laughs> he cut her stomach open with just a regular kitchen knife. Oh he, and he, with his bare hands, ripped pieces of her intestines off. And she died. To help her. Of course. Um, and he had them fucking sew her up and everything, and she died the next day. Oh. And then that woman that got her teeth pulled, this she came back. Level. The lady that got her she teeth pulled. Fucking she came, came back, back because she said she was scared of Rosh but could not live without him. So, he had her lay on the table, and he stabbed her in the hand, and left her there pinned for like 45 minutes. Her arm turned blue, and he viciously fucking chopped away at her arm, like chopped it until her arm was off. And she died. Nope. The next day, she left again. She was like, fuck this. Like, I can live without this fucker. Oh like, my god, this dumbass. She's like, I'm I leaving. Fucking... Oh god. A member, one of the members. You can't make this shit up. One of the fucking followers of one of his from his commune somehow contacted that lady and persuaded her to come back. No, <laughs> no. And then she came back and she was like, "Oh fuck, you know, I'm back." And then she's like, "Nah, you know <laughs> what? Bitch I'm fucking leaving." <laughs> so she <laughs> left again. She was like, "Fuck that, I'm leaving." And she went back. She left, went to the hospital, and she got proper treatment. But she went back fucking three times. Oh my god! Um, what the fuck? Yeah. So you know, they she got proper treatment at the hospital. And I think she told every she told the cops what the fuck's going on. And you know, Rosh knew that the shit was like all the shit was coming to an end. Like he knew like all, just things are bad things. And people are leaving. People, the cops are finding out they're keeping a close eye on him and everything. So around August 19, the cops showed up with a warrant to the commune, and every, like the cabin was deserted. Everybody, everybody was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, if I if I read correctly, there was I think uh, Giselle was the one that ended up helping the police capture him because they couldn't find him for about a month. And they finally, gra- they finally got him, you know, he was convicted and tried for that one lady that uh, he basically murdered because, well, he did because he fucking ripped up her stomach and shit. Mm-hmm. And they also tried him, uh, they charged him for shopping off the lady's arm. They charged him for a lot of shit. How did people trust him and enough to was, get on the fucking table? <laughs> well, I don't think they would. I think they just, like, the followers just grabbed her, grabbed them and just fucking They're animals, sit here. Bruh. And so, you know, um, he was in jail. He got a life sentence and prison and four of his concubines kept visiting him while he was in jail after all this shit happened so they were still like oh shit i miss you whenever and four of them went to go visit and four more babies were born because of the conjugal visits disgusting yeah so i mean not the babies (laughs) just he served his fucking sentence and uh 2011 came by and an inmate his cellmate actually 
he was already his cellmate was a 16 year old that was already convicted of murder and he ended up stabbing over an altercation he stabbed rosh in the throat and killed him oh my and god this, he was already serving a life sentence and they gave him a second degree deserve, murder charge he deserved that uh, that was a happy ending for everybody. I know when I and, and that's basically the story of fucking like I said I don't know exactly how to say his name but according to the Googles the Googles um Rosh Terrio is his name and or Moses everybody knew him as Moses um, aka Moses <laughs> <laughs> Yeah there's a lot of information that um I, I didn't cover cuz it, it goes it goes a little bit in more detail as uh, the punishments and shit that he did cuz there was some there's some other stuff too where he would he would also have members break their own fucking legs with sledgehammers as punishment. I know. And you know the things like all the research that we do, like you can talk about these things for hours and hours and days, and you well, still can't. Of like doing like a part two on this, but I think I, I didn't want to because it just goes in great detail, and I was like, you know what, we're gonna end it. <laughs> I was like, I can't keep going on it. You just still can't fit all the information in it. You got to think about this. These things have happened over years and years and years. Mm -hmm. You can't summarize all those years into one hour. I mean, I think that you kind of gave us a gist of his uh, atrocious fucking crimes that he committed. If anybody is interested in learning more or reading up more, I'm sure they could find more more details on Google's, the Google's. Um, but yeah, you did a great job with that. That's fucking crazy. I never heard of that. And I've also noticed that these fucking serial... He was basically a fucking serial killer. Yeah. Like he's out here killing people. I noticed that towards the end, when they know that they're going to get caught, that's when they start fucking going crazy. Like, they just like, fuck it. I'm going to get caught. Let's just fucking chop some more arms off, so slit open some bellies. And you know, the crazy thing is that, uh, according to what I read, they said that he had a very, like, a normal childhood and everything. The, on the only exception is that he was forced to hang out with his Roman Catholic dad with the fucking, with the white berets or whatever. And... Yeah, he, he but he lied according to what I read. He lied that he was abused because his dad heavily like he denied it. He was like, No, no, I fucking didn't. So he and then he you know, he did admit that he loved the attention he would get and sympathy he would get whenever he said he was abused or he had a bad childhood. And like I said, he also um noticed that around this time the whole spirituality thing was like a big hit with him um, you know a lot of people he knew that it was very attractive to people and he, so he used that to his advantage to basically do what the fuck he did like he just it, it's but there was nothing spiritual about it it was like fucking the work of the devil and i think anybody who's has any kind of spiritual well it goes more in depth with the spirituality thing because at first like like you mentioned at first uh, the whole holistic being a holistic doctor like that was his aim and mm -hmm. but he really like he really since he started the Old Testament and the Bible, he really believed that the apocalypse was like upon them and like it was happening and like he just made up a fucking date. You know, he lied a lot, obviously, but he really like in his own fucking twisted fucking mind, he thought that he was doing the right thing until he ended up getting drunk again and started fucking around, got bored because he was like, what the fuck are we doing out here? No, and I'm, he said, I'm sorry. To fuck I just, I, I really do think that anybody with any kind of spirituality or any kind of like spiritual knowledge just upon seeing him or even just interacting with him would know that his teachings and just him and as a person 
isn't isn't it, it ain't it you know because anyone who like claims to be god or be like in contact with god and all this and that like you know that's that's like a fake prophet exactly that's that's basically what it is but it's like like i said there was a there was a other torture shit that i wanted to like add on and cover and tell you guys about but there's just a lot of shit that he did and he was all, like he was in the wilderness like they 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 established this whole thing out in the fucking wild and and he he did all this because he wanted to like he originally joined the Seventh Day Adventist Church and he wanted to live by their rules or whatever and then he just made it own, made his own shit. Wow. Look at him. This is him in jail. We'll have to put that picture Ew. on our IG. He's disgusting. <laughs> like how is he getting his dick wet? He had all the several time? concubines. Okay, you guys imagine Bigfoot with a, a bald skinny ass bi- head. a skinny Bigfoot with a bald head. <laughs> like literally like short guy. If you see so those a goat like, next to him, cartoon like, Bigfoots, like the face, like legit, that's what he looks like, but with a shiny we'll put it on the bald head. See who it is, but it's pretty fucking intense. Um, <laughs> he, he looks intense, guys. Do you want to tell your story? Or you want to save it for another day? I think we'll save it because that was a pretty long story. Um, I think we will save it um, for another day when we do some more things about cults. Yeah, because we're because mine is also like, like another forty minutes. Because we have other episodes <laughs> we're gonna do on you know Ouija boards, yeah. more exorcism, we're gonna, more cults. We're gonna touch back. Yeah, we're gonna keep our- touching back on these episodes. We will probably start labeling them more specifically, like on not just like cannibalism, but like who we're talking about, um, so that you guys get kind of a glimpse of what a it is, glimpse of what we're talking about instead of like cannibalism again, you know. And like so, you mentioned earlier about the whole Freaky Friday, I also want to add on to that. Not necessarily about Freaky Friday, but also for our Weird Wednesday episodes. If you guys have some suggestions you want to hear about, maybe you heard about a crypto creature or a story either a true crime anything like that kind of unusual or weird and you want us to kind of do some research on it and tell a story about it we would love to do that too that way we can you know keep everybody happy and more content for us to add more things for us to share yeah yeah if you guys have any suggestions we'd be more than happy to take them um you can follow us on ig at the creeps lounge and twitter at the creeps lounge or you can email us at the creeps lounge at gmail.com um don't forget to share with your buddies with your mama with your grandma with your neighbor with your concubine share with your concubines (laughs) or your commune you guys we we really love reading your comments we love you know getting tagged in your posts seeing you guys listening to the podcast on snapchat you know we love it we love to hear your feedback so we're we're looking forward to that you know so stay out of commune you guys don't fucking don't get pulled into any cults if you're already in one best of luck to you um but try not to get pulled into any cults because you know some shit always happens um crystal has one that we're gonna listen to i don't know when but we'll listen to that one so we're gonna definitely get around to it i'm not i'm not in a rush but you guys that is a wrap for today we still have a buttload of editing to do, and we probably won't be in bed until like 2 a.m. Yes, yeah, so we're going to bust out some snacks. Well, at least for me. I know I'm going to get some you, fucking snacks for me. I can't eat this late at night. And I need to do this, and then 
uh we'll be back like i said if we if we get anything for tomorrow by the by tomorrow we'll be able to uh do a freaky friday if not we'll see you guys again next uh, f- uh weird wednesday all right guys peace, peace out y'all